Are you a risk taker? Do you enjoy living life on the edge? If I were to ask you the same question in a couple decades, it could mean something entirely different than it does today. I'm not talking about skydiving or free climbing. I'm talking about something as simple as swimming in the ocean or eating a piece of fish. With the pollution of our oceans growing worse each day, these tasks could be risky in the future and lead to serious health problems, unless something is done to reverse the way we utilize chemicals. Hello, my name is T. Stroop, and I'm a senior at CSU majoring in cultural anthropology. I'm here today to discuss the issue of ocean pollution due to pesticides and other harmful man-made chemicals. Hi, T. I have a few questions for you about this topic, and I wanted to start off by asking, how do pesticides that are sprayed on land get into water supply? That's a great question. A lot of scientists have spent years researching and pinpointing the ways that these chemicals contaminate our oceans, and they've discovered that the main cause of pollution is the runoff from crop fields that have been sprayed with these pesticides. This runoff can easily find its way into streams and rivers, which eventually lead to the ocean. Runoff doesn't only negatively affect the ocean. It also gets into our drinking water and the water we use to shower with, wash our dishes and clothes with, and water our lawns. These chemicals have methods of finding their way back to humans, even though we intend to use them to kill unwanted pests. Why do you think governments around the world are still allowing these chemicals to be used? I think a lot of governments are looking for a cheaper option for pest control. These pests cause destruction of crops and less food to harvest, causing companies to lose money and causing the price of produce to increase. Organic or natural pest control is expensive and not as effective, so only a limited number of people can afford this option. Unfortunately, certain governments such as Australia still allow more harmful pesticides to be used, even though most other countries have banned them. This is problematic because once the chemicals are in the ocean, they can spread to other regions and marine life, ultimately impacting other countries, even if those countries have banned the use of these chemicals. The U.S. has the second highest pesticide use in the world behind China, at over 407,000 tons per year. So we're still using a lot of pesticides, even if they are supposedly the less harmful ones. The use of these pesticides can be tied back to the growth machine, which basically promotes the need to grow at all costs, even if this growth harms the environment for future generations. As long as profits can be made for their use, pesticides will continue to be part of the agricultural industry. How is the Great Barrier Reef being impacted by pesticides and other man-made chemicals? I was actually fortunate enough to be able to visit the Great Barrier Reef a couple years ago and witness firsthand the damage from pollution and climate change. I noticed that the corals are being bleached and they're slowly dying off, which has led to a lot of other species dying or becoming endangered in the area. An article by The Guardian discussed how harmful pesticides are found in the barrier reef, including atrazine, which is a herbicide that's been banned in 60 countries. It also talked about the fact that more than 80 of the active ingredients registered for use in Australia are actually prohibited by 27 members of the European Union. The study says that this includes 17 pesticides that are known to be or likely probable to be carcinogens and 48 pesticides flagged as potential endocrine disruptors. And then as well, more than 20% of these ingredients are classified as either extremely or highly hazardous by the World Health Organization. Three of the pesticides are subject to actions by international conventions, but are still used in Australia. Again, this could be because they are only concerned with making crop production cheaper for their consumers and lowering the price of produce. This is also linked to the fact that the Australian regulatory system is under the umbrella of the Department of Agriculture. So their priority is to control pests and they aren't as focused on the protection of the environment as another department would be. There's also an interesting quote by Rachel Carson that reads, how could intelligent beings seek to control a few unwanted species by a method that contaminated 
the entire environment and brought the threat of disease and death even to their own kind. I think this really speaks to the agricultural industry today and foreshadows what could be our future if we continue down this road. What will it mean for human and aquatic populations if the Great Barrier Reef and other reefs around the world are destroyed due to pollution? I think reefs are a good indicator for how well coastal communities are doing. If the reef is healthy, then chances are good that the community will reflect that. But if the reef is unhealthy, then there is probably other issues that have impacted the community as well. They may only cover 1% of the Earth's surface, but reefs provide food protection and jobs to many people and are essential parts of coastal communities. If the Great Barrier Reef were to be destroyed, the tourism and fishing industry in Sydney would collapse, and this would lead to a huge economic collapse as well in the area. Reefs provide a buffer against storms and flooding, and this can lead to more economic losses if the reefs are lost in this area. It can also lead to displacement for locals. Coral reefs are also major contributors to medical studies and have been known to contain cures to diseases that cannot be found elsewhere, including cancer and other heart diseases. Do you think that the damage done to the environment by pesticides is reversible? And if so, how? I think a lot of damage has been done, but I think an important part of making positive changes is in the way that we frame the issue. Philosopher George Lakoff discusses the power that framing has in relation to the environment, and I believe if his techniques were utilized, the public could be presented with a new way to view pesticide use. Instead of framing the use of all pesticides as necessary for the production of produce, I think only certain pesticides should be promoted in a positive way. Education is also key to changing regulations, and I believe the public needs to know more about what they are consuming. I also think increased production of organic produce could I also think increased production of organic produce could increase in popularity after more people become aware of the harmful effects of pesticides. I think there will always be a need for pesticides and that pesticide containment in the ocean will always exist, but I believe it can be greatly reduced so that it has little to no impact on marine life. The world's oceans are becoming more and more polluted by the day, and without a major change in the way that pesticides and other chemical pollutants are managed, many of the existing marine populations are going to face new challenges to their survival. In order to stop this destruction, pollution and climate change must be combated with new laws and regulations across the globe. So you talked about the barrier reef and yeah. that you actually went yeah, there. For sure. So how was that and where was that exactly? Yeah, so the Great Barrier Reef is actually located in Sydney, Australia. And basically I went and scuba dived through the corals there. And yeah, it was really awesome. But it turns out that a lot of the corals, because of ocean warming and stuff, are being bleached and like pretty much dying from from the contamination that our world has you know, put upon them. It was really sad to see because a lot of those communities, even like the human populations around there, rely on these corals basically for food and um, shelter. And if we lose those fish populations, then our community will suffer as well. So it's just yeah. really sad to see. I agree. So with that and like the bleaching of the corals and stuff, do you believe like after that, like the damage is done? Or do you think there is a way for that specifically to be undone? Yeah, I think a lot of the corals actually are irreversible at this point, unfortunately. But there are a lot of organizations that have started like replanting new corals and stuff. The corals are usually over 100 years old. So they're like really old beings. But yeah, organizations have tried to, you know, make new coral reefs that are hopefully going to grow into larger structures so that the fish around can 
have a new shelter to live in. But I guess only time will tell if that will actually work out. Yeah, of course.